We are on. Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today's guest is Shane Burgos, Hurricane Shane Burgos. He's on a three-fight win streak in the UFC. He's 6-1 and one in the UFC, 13-1 and one overall. Uh, he's a rising star in the featherweight division. He's ranked number 10 right now. He's fighting the number 8th ranked fighter, Josh Emmett, on June 20th at the Apex. So let's talk to him. All right, Shane Burgos, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No worries, man. And it looks like you got a big fight coming up with Josh Emmett on June 20th. Is that right? Yep, three and a half weeks. Yeah, so uh, I want to ask you about your training for that fight and like how is that with quarantine and, and finding training partners and getting ready? And then also, uh, are you looking forward to fighting in the Apex? You know, it's going to be a yeah, little diff- different scenario. The whole thing's going to be pretty weird with uh, no crowd there. That, that'll be pretty uh, interesting. I feel like it'll, it'll probably feel like a sparring day if I had to assume. But I'm excited to check out the Apex. I was at the at the PI back in uh, March, right, literally right before this whole quarantine thing started. I got back March 10th and locked down in New. I'm from New York. Locked down in New York. I think started like March 20th, so literally like 10 days after I got back from Vegas. But uh, I basically been in camp since March. So I was thought I was gonna fight in May. So uh, from March till June 20th, basically been my entire camp. Actually, before March, I was getting ready in February. So it's been a long training camp. Um, as for training, uh, it I didn't really skip a beat. I mean, we had some like secret training sessions that we didn't hear, really tell about or tell disclose locations, but uh, I've been in shape for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, do you have a good uh, camp and, and, and many training partners still, even though it's the whole pandemic yep. and stuff? Yep. hundred percent. Yep. A lot, a lot of the people, like I, one of my main training partners, Lyman Good, he already had the coronavirus. So uh, I've been training with him a lot and which is the weird thing. Like you would think it, it was, uh, they say it's this so contagious, but I was training with him a lot and, I was in Vegas with him at the PI, and uh, as soon as we got back from Vegas, two weeks later is when he got the coronavirus. So we think he might have got it at the airport or something like that. But again, I've been—I was with him this whole time, and I didn't get anything. Wow, it's it's interesting, man. Like you know, th- this isn't a one of my quarantine special uh, podcasts that I've been doing, but it is interesting, man, because the guys I've been talking to—it's just like it's so strange. I mean, we could go on forever about it and that's not what's important. You're what's yeah. important on this episode, but it is, it is strange, man. It's, there's a lot of like questions about it. And, and, and I think it's, in my opinion, my, my conclusion so far is it's just a really bad flu and we should just get on with our lives, protect the people that are vulnerable. And then the, the, those of us who are strong, we go out there, we take our chances, we live our lives and we don't, you know, let this economic disaster destroy everything. You know, that's exactly, I feel like you stole the words right out of my mouth. It's almost exactly how I feel. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm living life still. I'm not really letting it stop me too much. I'm wearing my mask when I need to, but uh, aside from that, I'm sure you're you're breaking up, buddy. You there still? Yeah, you're breaking up. Was your Wi-Fi good? My Wi-Fi's got him right on top of the Wi-Fi. Okay, let's so go ahead one more time. You're saying you're wearing your mask and then living my life the same way I have been for the last twenty eight, twenty nine years. <laughs> And you're in, you're you're in New York, right? Yeah, I'm in New York, so it's like basically the hotbed for it. Yeah, and so I mean, obviously, you're 13 and one. You got a great yep. a great start to your career. Uh, seven fights in the UFC, three fight win streak. You got some big wins, obviously, um, and a big loss. I mean, I like like your loss in the UFC was to a credible, a very credible fighter who who just fought uh, Jeremy Stevens and won, and and you were doing real good again in that fight until you got caught there. Um, Actually, I want to talk about the fight for just one second. I don't want to harp on your losses or anything, but when you were in that when you were in that Qatar fight, um, 
when you when you got dropped in that fight and then he came in and landed those big punches, it seemed like you were taking him like a champ and you were getting back to your feet at the time of stoppage. I mean, I think it's arguably, possibly, I mean, I, I could argue that it could have been a, a, a bad stoppage. Where were you at at that time? I mean, was it legit? Or do you think you could have possibly recovered enough to fight more? I think I could have, but um, at that point, who knows what would happen. I, I have a daughter to fight for, so you know what I mean? I feel like everything happened for a reason. Uh, yeah. It's still it really does thing. I, I do not like to lose. But uh, Dan, Dan's a good ref, Dan Murgliotti. He gave me a lot of, he gave me a, a decent amount of time. Like, I, I only really watched that fight back one time me so much but uh watched it back once and I was like, you know what I th- in the moment I thought it was a bad stoppage watching it back I was like all right definitely wasn't I wouldn't say it was a bad stoppage I mean you, I can see a lot of people have said the same thing you're saying but I'm cool with it. everything happened for a reason and uh on from it I'm not gonna harp on it too much that's, that's very mature of you saying that man and like looking at it that way because your health is number one and uh yeah just I mean obviously you haven't watched it but it was a good fight and and you fought hard you beat, you have a win over Cub Swanson that's a, I mean I'm a huge fan of Cub Swanson Cub Swanson as well he was, he was my last podcast guest uh so you know he's a great fighter and to have a big win over that uh, I think you're ranked number 10 right now as far as the UFC yeah. rankings go uh Emmett's number eight so this could put you right there in the mix like in a decent position at the top 10 so that's got to be on your mind 100. percent That's what, that's exactly what's on my mind, man. I'm trying to make steps towards that uh towards that title picture. I want to get to closing that top five. Uh, win over M. It's going to put me right before the top five, I think, and then another one after that. I, I feel like title talks within a year. Yeah, and that's what you're going for. You want to be the champ. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm not in this just uh just to be in this, like just to be on TV and shout. I could care less about that. Uh, I want I want to be financially set for life. I, like I said before, I have a family, I have a daughter. Um, I want to make sure they're set. I don't have to worry about them ever going hungry and i it's legacy for me i want i want that fucking belt yeah where, where did this start for you where, where did you like where did you get into martial arts like what point of your life were you like i'm gonna start training in martial arts and then at what point uh did you say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do this as a career i saw it on on tv back in like seven six or six or seventh grade uh, an episode of like ufc unleashed and i was like I, i've heard of ufc but i didn't know what the hell it was and I saw Matt Hughes slam Carlos Noon. I probably still told the story like a million times. I saw Carlos Noon get slammed by Matt Hughes, and uh, Matt Hughes won the belt from that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? You can slam somebody and win belts and there's no rules? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> after that, I instantly became addicted to it. And that was literally right after the Open Fighter Season 1 came out. And uh, that's when I just started watching. So it's funny because I'm talking to you, and I'm like, I've been watching you for so long. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and I saw all your all the UFC Unleashed episodes with you. It's pretty funny. I come full circle. But uh, anyways, so fast forward to ninth grade. Um, I've been watching UFC for about two years, three years. But a diehard fan. Like, love at first sight as soon as I saw my first fight. Um, fast forward to ninth grade. End of ninth grade, my uh, couple of my friends from high school found a local a local gym that, that teaches uh, jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. So we were like, yeah, let's go do it. Signed up for the month trial. And I uh, didn't miss one class for that entire month. I, I was, it was, again, love at first sight. From the moment I stepped on the mat, I was like, damn this is like this is not even fun like this is, i love this it's, it's yeah. weird at 15 years old i was like man i think i i think i found my passion to be able to say i, I found that that's at such a young age i was like i, I gotta keep pursuing this so jujitsu was your first martial art yeah it, it was a tiger showman's gym that i that i found and i've been with the same team ever since and i was like tiger showman's i thought that was like a karate gym and i was like no like jujitsu and kickboxing I was like, all right cool so i did the jitsu class and uh i was like dude this is fucking fun man my first couple fights too like my second amateur fight, I jumped guard. Like I used to be a straight up grappler. Yeah, yeah. And then so you were in jujitsu. And then at what point did you? Because I know I know you had a lot of amateur fights. It looks like I, I looked at your record and down to the 
you have a nice record and you get to the bottom and it's like all these amateur fights as well. Uh, so when did you start getting the itch to actually fight from uh, just doing jujitsu and actually throwing punches and, and competing that way? Well, I was training both. I was training jujitsu and I was training kickboxing, but at the same, but I was just so much more comfortable with jujitsu. I, I was doing uh, Naga tournaments all over the country. I would travel all over, all over the country to, to do those. And I was like, this is just too much fun. I got to try some kickboxing tournaments. Eventually did some kickboxing tournaments. And I, but I knew, I was like, I want to do MMA. I, I need to do MMA. Yeah. And so then you just, uh, you started fighting amateur, uh, and then you turned pro. And then what, what was the, the one thing that, that got you in the UFC? Like, did you get scouted or did you, did you, uh, like somehow send tapes in or, or just know somebody or, or what, do you remember that moment? Yeah, of course. That, that was only a little bit over three, like three and a half years ago. And, um, so I, my wife and I got pregnant with our daughter in like June of 2016 and she was due February, 2017. So, uh, I'm getting ready for a fight um, October 31st, Halloween. The biggest fight to date for myself, it was for the CFFC um, featherweight title. And uh, I was going to get a nice big paycheck for, for a local show. Like this, you, you don't really get a lot of uh, a lot of money for these local shows. So I was going to get almost like eight or nine grand. I live in a one-bedroom apartment. Not not a lot of money in my bank account. I'm like, wow, eight, nine grand. I can't wait to, <laughs> to cash in on this paycheck. Uh, one week before the fight, the fight falls out. The guy, my opponent gets sick. They keep looking for opponents up until Thursday, right before the weigh-ins. Nobody, nobody gets cleared. So I'm, I'm literally devastated. And I'm like, I was really looking forward to that payday. I, need, I needed that payday. Um, that fell through. Crushed. Literally, I remember crying in, 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 in the kitchen, just literally crying. I, I couldn't believe it. But, um, stayed the course. Got back to training the next week. Um, a week after that, which is two weeks after the fight, uh, somebody pops in uh, USADA. Somebody gets popped in, in my weight class. And the car just so happens to be in Albany. I'm from New York, and Albany is only about an hour and 15 minutes away. So I'm like, dude, this is my weight class. I just went through an entire camp. All my friends get online on Twitter and like that, start doing interviews and stuff like that, just start blowing it up, and I get the call on two and a half weeks' notice. Oh, nice, man. And you were ready. Yeah, and I was ready, exactly. And then on top of that, like, <laughs> I was expecting to make like eight grand for, for that little local show, and I made it to the UFC and made significantly more. So I was just like – it's funny how uh, – it felt kind of like divine intervention. It was like something was pulling me back just to like launch me forward. Yeah, that's that's how it happens, man. What what was the big difference for you when you when you walked out to the UFC octagon compared to these other shows? Oh, the crowd was fucking electric, man. I, I, the crowd is always pretty. I have a huge uh, friend and a family base that that all my fights, so it's always crazy. But I think it was the third fight in that card, and it was fucking like it was deafening, deafening. Yeah, well, you you're gonna have to like forget about that for this next one because there's not gonna be there's not gonna be any. Have you ever fought like with very little to no crowd before? I I did my one of my amateur fights. I fought in like a gymnasium, and it it was at like 3 p.m., which was such a weird time to do a fight. And there was only like I think 50 people in the arena, so I was like, this is kind of weird. But I think this is gonna be a little bit weirder. Yeah, you know, I did it in Ultimate Fighter, and and just to make you feel better, you know, it's not, it's not, it, it's weird, but it doesn't take anything away, man. Especially since you've been in the big show and like you've already had that experience. Like, it was even better than than me, you know, um, never having those big fights. So it, you, you'll get right into it really fast, man. It, it's it's just it's just like any other fight. You get in there, you just don't have the crowd, which is you usually don't pay attention to the crowd anyway. I'm sure. Yeah, I never really did anyway. So no, yeah, I feel like as soon as referee says go, that all that other shit completely goes out of mind. You got a guy in front of you trying to take you out. You're trying to take him out. So uh, the crowd, I don't think it'll be a factor at all. 
Yeah, the cool thing about fighting with no crowds is uh, you can hear your opponent's corner really well. So yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> it comes into handy. So if I was to give you any advice, I would say use some code words or like use some kind of like secret, like, uh, like, uh, you yeah. know, ways to talk because like, it is cool listening to you. It, it's cool and kind of weird hearing a full grown man telling another man to pound you out and like kick you in the face and like, you know, choke you. You just, it's kind of a weird situation because you hear it so clear. The funny thing is you're on fight night 174. Now to give you an idea how old I am, I was on I was on fight night 1. Like wow. after, yeah, fight night 1 was August 6, 2005. I fought wow. Gideon Gideon Ray in yeah, in Vegas and that was that was fight night 1 and now you're fighting on fight night 174. That's crazy, yeah. man. So yeah, there, there we go. That's how old I am. <laughs> that's, that's how old I am. That's history, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool and and do you know much about the Apex? Like, do you, have you you said you were at the PI or? Yeah, it was the PI, and the Apex is literally across the street from the from the, the PI. And uh, we were we made plans to go, but we, we just had so much other shit to do. We never actually got to go. So uh, I know what, it's basically like it's basically a, like another PI without like all the PT stuff. They have a full gym, they have a full cage, they have the whole uh, octagon setup for uh, for the contender series. But um, basically like a smaller, not a smaller PI, but a another pi yeah yeah it's, it's crazy and then uh what, what do you think about not only the apex but what about this fight island coming up you're going to be interested in fighting on this fight island if this happens i mean i, I definitely want to be a fan first and see how the first one goes but uh definitely would love to fucking at least check it out it sounds fucking awesome honestly i, I just want to know where it is that's my like biggest thing i just want to know where it is yeah i think that is the big Irish, question somebody on twitter i saw said it was like uh some european some European island, which in my mind, I'm thinking that it's it's like a Caribbean island this whole time, and they put it like a, right off the right off the coast of Wales. And I was like, oh shit, that'd be pretty fucking crazy if it was there. Cause I I did not assume that at all. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be nuts, man. I think it's cool even after the coronavirus is over and all this this pandemic. I think it's gonna be a cool like just uh, entertainment aspect to it being that yeah. it's like this fight island, and it'll be cool to yeah. like it'll just add some more show to the event, you know. 100%. It's gonna feel like the old school UFC, like the, the, the flashing lights and all the all like the ramp and the walk down. I feel like it's gonna be one of more more just than just fights. It'll be a, a show. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you think going back to Joshua Fast? It's a tough opponent, um, ranked number eight in the UFC and everything. What, what are your thoughts on him as an opponent? Like like how how are you uh, not not technically I guess preparing, but but how do you see that fight going? I guess. Oh, I think he's a solid opponent. You can't knock him. The guy's ranked eight in the world. I mean, anybody, if you look at the top 15, everybody in the top 15 is, they're legit. I think my division, put my bias aside, I think my division is the most stacked when it comes to actual talent in, in the division. We're the most well-rounded, the most uh, explosive, the fastest, most powerful. Uh, Josh brings a lot of power to the table. Um, he likes to stand and bang, which obviously I'd love to do that too. So I feel like yeah. it's going to be one of those fights that it's just, you can run this fight 100 times. It's, it's not going to be boring one time. Uh, we're only gonna do it one time, and I'm gonna make sure I, I put a stamp on it this one time. But um, I'm excited for the fight. Yeah. So when you get ready for, or when you're training for a fight, do you do you vision winning? Like, do you, do you vision like, like, uh, like what, how, what what goes through your mind when you're training? Like when I used to do so much like cardio, I was doing a ton of cardio at AK, and so like I would just replay the fight in my head so many times when I was doing like all those long sessions on airdyne and elliptical and you know those. But what's going through your mind when you're not? necessarily sparring or doing something that takes a lot of thought 
Um, are, are you envisioning the fight and how it can go or winning and how great that feeling would be? Or like, what, where, where's your mind at during this? As soon as I get a name, it's literally on my mind 24 seven, which I try to like keep it on my mind and less than that. Cause it, it'll just consume you. And it, and it already, it's, it's inevitable. It's impossible for it to not consume you. So it, it, it is consuming me, but it, it always does. But um, when I'm doing those cardio set, those long cardio sessions and all that stuff, I'm trying, Trying not to think about the fight because I'm thinking about the fight so fucking much that I'm like, let me just think about something else. Think, focus on my breathing, focus on this, that. I meditate. I just started meditating every morning too, which I actually like that a lot. Been doing that, and that's when I've been doing my the, the most visualization. Not just visualizing, um, not just visualizing the fight, but visualizing how I how I win. Me walking out the octagon, me getting my hand raised. Um, visualizing uh, my breathing in between rounds. I'm visualizing the combination. I'm gonna throw in sparring that day that is gonna help me for the actual fight. So that that's when I get my best visualization. Cool, and then and then on fight week, like when you show up for the fight, uh, I guess usually it's probably still on Tuesdays. That's what it was for us. Um, what's your fight week like? Like as far as how do you handle fight week? Are you pretty cool until like the day of the fight? Obviously the nerves kick in for everybody, but are you pretty cool up until the day of the fight? Or do you try to get your mind off of it? I remember yeah. a, a part of my career that like the for some whatever reason during a few of my fights in a row or or. Uh, at some point during my career, it seemed like they were in a row. The, the Jackass movies were coming out. It was like almost one at the theater every time I fought for some reason. And uh, I loved going and like getting my mind off of fighting. And, yeah. and then I would try not to think about it until the closer to the fight. What is fight week like for you as far as mentally? And, and obviously, you got to get your training done and stuff like that. But do you, do you strategize in your mind about what you're going to do? Or do you try to just get away from it? Or... Exactly like you said, like I, I do like take my mind off with, with doing just a bunch of random shit. You can't really eat, so uh, aside from the fight being on, on your mind, food is on your mind 24-7. So you kind of you don't want to just sit in the hotel room or sit in the workout room and just be uh, in your thoughts and in your feelings about the fight and about how hungry you are. So I definitely like to do shit like that, like go outside. Anytime I'm in a, in, a, in a city, like I'm trying to find a mall and just walk around the mall. Uh, not only am I burning calories walking around the mall, but uh, I'm, I'm fucking in, I'm engaged. I'm not just focus on the fight spinning in my head and, and thinking about it in my room. I like to not really stay in the hotel room much at all. I'll come back at night, shower, go to sleep, but uh, I don't really like to sit in there and dwell on stuff. So I, I, whatever I can keep my mind um, going, going, going. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I was the exact same way. Like Dana would always catch me in like the casino at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. like playing cards and stuff because I never went to bed early during fight camp or my whole life pretty much. So I, my, my, my bedtime was like, uh, 2 or 3 a.m. and then I'd wake up at 11 and then at AK our first training session was at 12. So like that was like our schedule and so I was always up like I love fighting in Vegas because I could get up at like 11 or 10 go out go downstairs play cards relax get my mind off everything and it was just it was aside from the smoking that everybody was doing that it was cool it was awesome and and yeah I just kept my mind off the fight and just relaxed and tried to stay zen I guess. This is my first fight outside of uh, the Northeast Coast, so I'm excited. I've been to Vegas like 10 times, but I've never fought in Vegas. So this is my first fight in Vegas, and on top of that, first fight anywhere besides the, the, the Northeast. Wow. that's It's going to be cool, man. It's going to be nice. Yeah. You're going to enjoy it. I mean, it's not going to be like the casinos, but you'll get... So I, heard, uh, I heard the casinos are opening June 1st. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been oh, talking wow. to a lot of people over there from the working with UFC, and they said that everything's opening June 1st. Wow. Nice. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank our sponsor, AKA Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. If you're not familiar with the gym already, because you haven't watched the podcast before, here's a video. 
What's up everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So being on a three fight win streak like you are, how's that momentum feel? I mean, how, how does it feel like having that momentum on your side, fighting such a tough opponent, beating guys like uh, Cub Swanson, you know, uh, along the list of the other the other two opponents? Um, how is that confident or confidence uh, helping you in that momentum? Huge confidence booster, obviously. I, I, I think I'm a pretty confident guy all, all around always, but uh, having those wins over having went over cups once and like the dude is known for his boxing. He's boxes with Timothy Bradley and, and his coach and to, to, to box him the way I did. Um, super gives me a lot of confidence. I, I think I have the best hands in the division, not just hands, but striking overall. I think I mix it up really well. I can uh, switch stances. I can do it all. I feel like. That's nice. That's cool, man. That, it sounds like you're, you're ready to rock and roll, dude. You got a few weeks left. I can't fucking wait, man. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you did, uh, you started doing a little bit of Muay Thai with your, your BJJ. How much Muay Thai is part of your game? Like, how, how much Muay Thai do you actually do? Or, or I know your hands are good, but. I would say I'm more, I'd say definitely more of a boxer than anything else. But um, I would say not as much Muay Thai. I'd say more American kickboxing. I'd say it's more of my style. Or, or Dutch, Dutch style kickboxing, I'd say. That's, we, we train a lot of Dutch style kickboxing. But um, my kicks are a, a huge part of my game that I didn't really ever show. Until the Cubs Swanson fight, it's one of probably the most kicks I've ever thrown in any fight. So, um, I feel like uh, I still haven't shown my full array of, of skills on the feet, let alone everywhere else. Have you but thought about ever, have you have you thought about ever traveling to Thailand to train in Muay Thai? Hell yeah, fuck yeah, man! That, that, I follow that your gym just because every time I see the, like the, <laughs> the the what do you call it the the drone and it pans out, I'm like, look how fucking beautiful that looks, man! Every time, just, yeah. just the fucking views, it looks insane. That's cool, man. Yeah, we're, I can't wait to open. And like you said, the casinos are opening June first. We're apparently, according to the government here, we're supposed to open on June fifteenth. So it sounds crazy that that a gym where you actually spar together and fight is going to allow training. But apparently, it's going to be safe to open June fifteenth, which is like you know before your fight. Yeah, that's fully open, completely open. That's what they're saying. They're, they're saying that we're able to open June 15th on. So unless that changes, that's what that's what they're uh, they're sticking to right now. There's no restrictions, like no um, maximum amount of people or anything like that? I don't know. There, there might be some. Like the thing is with me is I'm going to make sure everything's safe. So yeah. e even when they say we can open, I'm going to make sure that like, you know, there's definitely sure. enough data backing up that it's going to be safe. And we're obviously going to have like the thermometer uh, guns and stuff like that and making sure that, that uh, nobody comes in with a fever or, or looks sick, obviously. But the one thing we are doing is we're putting all brand new bags, all brand new equipment, uh, everything. Like we're, we're cleaning the whole gym up. So it's going to be 
probably the cleanest gym by far in Thailand. So at least we're going to have that done. Fairtex came on board, sponsored the gym. So it's all brand new Fairtex bags, all new brand new Fairtex gear. Um, so it's going to look cool, new rings, everything. So at least we'll have that covered and then we'll just kind of play it by ear because I was the first to shut the gym down when this all happened because of safety. The other gym stayed open for like almost a week later. Um, and then I, I, I wanted to make sure that we didn't have any problems and I didn't want to be responsible if somebody yeah. caught, caught this thing and it turned out to be crazy, you know, and, and it was because my gym was open and they were training there. Um, I hope it gets proven that it's more like what we said, like it's just a bad flu and, and people are, you know, getting it and getting over it and fighting through it with, with their immune systems, which is what it's designed for. And then we can just get on with our lives and train and fight and, and, and keep our businesses and, and, and keep moving forward. I can't fucking wait. I'm so over this shit. My daughter is over this. She's three years old and she can't stand wearing a mask. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're over this. We're ready to get back to regular life and just living normally again. Yeah. What do you, what do you do outside of, uh, outside of training? Like what, what kind of stuff do you do for fun? Dude, uh, that's funny that you say that. Cause I don't really have any other hobbies like this. This is like my life. Like I love what I do for fun is working out. Wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't shoot guns. I don't, I don't do anything fun besides that. Like I, I really, I, the only thing I really like besides fighting is food and tattoos. Those were only <laughs> the only two other things that, that I like. I don't have any, any big hobbies and the tattoo thing kind of sucks. Cause when you get a new tattoo, you obviously you can't train for a little bit. So like I've been stagging on my tattoos. Like after my last one, I actually got the bottom of my leg done, but, um, and I've been stuck now for the last four months and I haven't gotten anything new. Yeah. I love hearing that, man. I love hearing that dude. Cause these guys today, they don't realize like so many guys today are fighting and they have all these vices, you know, they're, they're, it's like they fight and they can't wait to fight because like they're, they're thinking about, after fighting, yep. I'm going here and here and here yep. and here and partying and drinking and doing all this stuff all the way to the top. I'm not going to mention names, but it's like, man, when we were coming up, man, to be to be at the top and to be the best, dude, we, we were like you, man. We, we had to like we had to work a lot, obviously, too, but we had to work and then we had to train all the time. I mean, we had no there was no movies. There was no like drinking parties. Nothing. It was just like training, training, training. And the fact that that's like your choice and that's what you want to do, man. I like seeing that. And that's why you're having so much success. I bet. Man, my, my strength conditioning gym is literally less than a quarter mile down the road from my house. I can literally walk there. So, um, like people ask like, what, what are you excited to do when you're done with, uh, with the fight? Like I'm excited to go back to the gym and start lifting heavy weights again. Like I, like that's, that's like my favorite thing to do to go back and start lifting heavy. And, uh, I, I literally, fucking love training as weird as it sounds like not just training mma and grappling kickboxing i love cardio i love lifting like i, I just love the entire physical aspect of training yeah i'll take i'll take it that's good man that's what's going to make you a champion bro i'm telling you right now and and you know it's the toughest time i've had this talk with a lot of other people it's a it's the toughest time to to make a name for yourself which you have so you've already accomplished that um it's the toughest time to make a name for yourself because there's so many fighters uh, to really stand out is hard because the competition is so tough. Um, but with you, with that mindset is going to help you so much because there's so many guys that a, they're getting into it for the fame and the money and the, the fun and the partying and all that. And then they do that. And that, that affects their career, man. How many guys did we see come in the UFC that were strong, super talented, they had everything going for them. And then once they kind of started making a name for themselves, they just started like bleeding out and then they were gone. And, it, and, it, it's a, such a waste of time, man. So you are definitely on the right track. I just want to tell you that. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I appreciate that, man. I feel like a huge part of that, too, is uh, just having a family. Like, I had a family before I made it to the UFC. Like, my wife was pregnant right before I got to the UFC. I was 
married before I got to the UFC, so I thought that was a huge uh, grounding point for me. I really, yeah. I really kept grounded. Like, uh, if I was single this whole time, who knows what what person I could have or would have. I have no clue. I don't. I don't want to know that that kind of person. But um, I'm happy that uh, that I had my family set before I made the UFC. And what does your wife think? Like, as far as uh, you being a professional athlete and 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 stuff like that, how, how is she? I've been with her since she was 19, so she knew what I wanted to do since she was 19, and uh, she she's able to be a stay-at-home mom, so uh, it worked out for her too. Wow! And she, you're tw- you're tw- you're 29, so how how long have y'all been together? Uh, eight eight years, yeah, a little oh, bit wow. over eight years. Oh yeah. wow, cool man! Yeah. That's it's great to have someone supporting you, man, helping you yeah. out because it's a tough job, man, and nobody understands it. Nobody understands the stress. The, the you know, no one understands the str- the training and the stress that you go through. So like, when you come home, man, it's like you need all the help you could get. You know, it's like it's tough, man. Hundred percent, especially I have after having a kid. I'm like, holy shit, this this is hard. Before having a kid makes it fifteen <laughs> times harder. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then, what about your your parents? Do, are are they supportive and do they love watching you? Is it is it like exciting for them to see you on the big stage now? They haven't missed one fight. They haven't missed like one tournament. They used to come to all my grappling tournaments and all that stuff uh, back in the day. They they huge, huge fans of the sport. Like we used to have one before the quarantine shit uh, started. We would have huge uh, UFC viewing parties for every single pay per view. Like every single one, my parents would order at my house. My friends would come over. My my girl would come over. We'd have a bunch of family come over. We'd cook a bunch of food. So uh, they've been huge fans since I've been a huge fan. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Parents are the greatest, dude. Yeah. Like even, <laughs> even even to this day, my mom lives in Texas, and even to this day, like somebody can like come to my my family house. And I'm like old old school. Like if you know me, dude. Like maybe when you were coming up, but like if you know me, you're like you were watching UFC a long time ago, you know. And my mom doesn't understand that, like, I'm not a big deal anymore, you know? Like, like it's not that I was a huge deal at the time, but, like, I'm definitely not a big deal now. And it's funny because, like, like, the like people will come over to, like, do repairs at the house. Like, they'll come and, like, do the plumbing or do the electricity or something. And she's like, you watch that UFC? And then, and, you know, of course, they're like, oh, yeah, yes, ma'am, I do. You know, it's in Texas, you know? And she's yeah. like, well, you, you know, my son is Mike Swick. And then she'll like take him into the room and show him all the stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God. Or if we go out to, if we go out to, uh, to dinner too, she'll tell the waitress dude or the waiter. She's like, you know, that's Mike Swick. That's my son. You know, he fights in the <laughs> UFC. I'm like, mom, relax. I used yeah, to fight in the UFC, but <laughs> they're so proud, man. They're so proud. Yeah. Like if you go to my house, that mom has like a shrine to me and my brother. It's like a whole art tournament. Like I got, I got two, two younger brothers too. And, uh, they're both black belts as well. It's funny. They're, cool. They're plastered all over the house. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so, uh, and then you, you obviously watched UFC 249. I'm, I'm taking it. Um, and, and what do you think about, uh, seeing the fights with the fans, like, this is just coming out of the fact that you're fighting in the apex and, and the experience of actually fighting there. But as a fan, um, do you think this is going to be, I mean, was it just as cool watching it without the fans as, as, as it was with the fans? Like for you watching these last three events? Yeah, I, I enjoyed them and I didn't really, I, I was thinking about the crowd, but I didn't notice the crowd. I was like, it seems kind of, I don't, I wasn't watching alone. Maybe that made a difference. Like if I was watching alone, I'd be able to hear more. But I had, I had like small gathering like three friends just watching walking around and I was like you guys notice anything they're like no it seems pretty normal to me so I, I, they've been fucking great uh, aside from the fact that we've been like deprived for fights for a while I feel like the fights have been great yeah yeah it's awesome for you guys to get this break 
because like as many fights as there are now and as many fighters as there are you guys i got all the eyes on you when these fights happen so exactly. it's like you got you guys are getting all the eyes all the attention so it's like you can really make a name for yourself and stand out big time now so it's, it's a huge huge opportunity for you guys my thoughts exactly let me ask you uh just moving up in a division um i want to just ask your opinion uh what do you how do you take the first off what do you think of the gaethje ferguson fight and then and what do you think about the gaethje khabib fight if that happens how, how would you break that down so the gaethje ferguson fight was fucking phenomenal awesome fight flawless game plan by gaethje uh patience uh his low kicks his punches uh he looks phenomenal his cardio blew me away too how, how he looked like he was in fucking shape wasn't breathing heavy in the corner uh super impressed with him um now, how do I think the Khabib fight goes? It's such a fucking different. It's such a different fight because we haven't seen anyone try to wrestle Justin, and we know he has great takedown offense, right? But we haven't seen it. So, like, you can you can hear about it, but you, I, I need to see it. Like, I haven't seen it, and, I, and I'm a big uh, Gaethje fan. I, I, I want to see that to have a little more, a little bit more confidence going in against the Khabib fight. But I can't see Khabib's not been like nobody stops his takedowns, so I just can't see. No offense. But I just can't see him stopping takedowns. Maybe one or two, he gives a, a, a poppy shot, but I feel like once he gets a grip on him, like he takes everyone down. Yeah. He's super strong. Khabib is like so strong. I mean, he's like a heavyweight. It's it's crazy when he yeah, grabs yeah. Your, when he when he grabs your wrist and grabs your body, you just lose all balance of your body. Like you realize really fast that wherever he wants to put you is where you're gonna go. And I'm like a I was like a middleweight and a welterweight when I was training with him, and it's just like. It's crazy, man. It, every time I train with him, I was just like, it is absolutely crazy. He's out there fighting 155-pound guys. Like, it should be against the law. It's crazy, how long, man. How long ago is that when you trained with him? A long time, man. He's gotten so much better. It's been a long time. Are you saying he was that strong back then? Now he's definitely got his grown man strength. So imagine yeah. how much stronger he is now. Yeah. I mean, we crazy. see it. We see it every yeah. fight. It's, yeah. it's Yeah, we see it every fight, man. So, well, look, man. Seven yeah, you can't pick against that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I mean, he hasn't lost a fight, and he hasn't came close. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a beast. He's a beast, man. Um, yeah. So, man, I know you got a fight coming up, and I don't want to keep too much of your time, but man, thanks so much for being on the podcast. And well, uh, I've been wanting to bring you on. I, I we we follow each other on Instagram, and like I, I follow all your all your updates and stuff like that. So. Um, seeing your career it's cool because you started following like i started following you a while back and like to see you win each and every fight and you're coming up higher and higher and now we get to talk it's it's really cool man and this could be a huge huge fight for you it is a huge fight but this shit is cool for me man i was watching you on tv and now i'm sitting here talking to you and you're telling me you're watching me so i'm like this is fucking this is cool i hope this is good luck for you man I hope you go out there and get a great win i'll be rooting for you and uh and then we'll have you back on again maybe i'll be on in uh, in studio in thailand one day you will. I was going to ask you, man, what, uh, is, is there some serious plans possibly in the works of you coming out and training at AK Thailand? There's nothing in the works because of this whole coronavirus shit, but uh, never say never. Thailand has been on my bucket list for since I was 15 years old. So I, I, I'm 100% coming to Thailand within the next, I'd say, two years max. Well, that's in the works, man. There's no time limit on the works, man. You just... <laughs> I was the, 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 building the gym was in the works for 20 years, but it it yeah. took 10 years to start, and it's still taking 10 years to building it now. But yeah, man, I just want to get you out of here, man. Especially since we uh, we follow each other's careers, and and now have you on the podcast, and I think you're gonna get a nice win. Hopefully this this June 20th, and have you come out here and and see Phuket. You've never been to Thailand, right? I, I don't know if I asked yeah. you that, but 
yeah so i'll show you thailand man i'll show you how how cool this island is and then you can see the gym without having to look from the drone and the, the highlight videos and and it, you'll enjoy it man you have a great time sign me up i'm down all right brother sorry man Thanks. you're a little breaking up a little bit but the audio came out good man so we're good so i appreciate you being on the show man thank you so much it was great talking to you no problem brother thank you so much i'll talk to you after the fight all right buddy take care have a good one man well there you go shane burgos uh we had a little difficulty with the skype so sorry about that guys on youtube um i think the audio came in pretty clear we, we probably missed a couple words here and there but the video skipped a little bit i've never seen that happen before i have no idea why the video was crystal clear but it was skipping but uh we tried multiple things and that was the best that we could do and we did it anyway the audio is good so i think we we accomplished our goal um it's great having a guy that's young up and coming making big waves in the ufc and somebody who i think is going to be a big star um to come on the podcast now and 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 then just keep rising i think that's what's going to happen here so um we've been following each other on instagram for a long time and i've been watching him throughout his career each and every ufc fight i love his style i love how he fights he's a great guy um as as he said you know he doesn't have any vices outside of fighting i love that um, you know, you've got to be dedicated and he seems like he's a hundred percent dedicated. He's got a good support staff at home helping him out. Um, he looks, he looks ready and pumped for this, uh, this June 20th fight against Josh Emmett. So I guess we're going to see what happens. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, it's still worth watching on YouTube. Even, even when we skip a little bit, uh, on these rare, rare, uh, Skypes that just don't come in perfect, but, uh, Leave us a comment, subscribe, let us know what you think. We got some really good guests coming up. Um, if you're listening on the audio platforms, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, subscribe to us on there as well. Uh, leave us a rating. We're five star rated on iTunes. I want to keep that rating. So I appreciate each and every time you guys rate us on there. Um, and if you if you rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot, I will post it on our Instagram as well and just show you appreciation for uh, taking the time out to, to share your feedback, unless it's a one-star. Actually, if it's a one-star, I'll probably still put you on, on my Instagram, and I, I just probably won't say such nice things. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for listening and watching. I appreciate it. Again, we got some great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Subscribe. I told you we're knocking these out. We're going to keep them going, and I'll see you next time.